What's up, everybody, and welcome to Fight the Good Fight. My name is Travis Thompson, and I'm so glad uh, that you're joining me. And um, it's the new year. A little late in the new year getting a video out, but uh, we got the flu. My whole family got the flu right after Christmas, and I was debating on just kind of rolling into our new season, but I really felt like maybe wanted to do this last video uh, to really end uh, the, the series that we were calling and asking the question, what does God want from me? So we kind of went through all the different phases and all the different people that we interact with. And today I want to just kind of go through, uh, I believe is a great chapter just on our relationships uh, with people uh, that we come in contact, people that are closest to us and the people that we may be just acquaintances with. So uh, let's get started. So John 15, uh, the entire chapter, and then John 16 and verse 1 uh, is kind of where we're going to be uh, working in today. And I just want to, to remind us that, and I'll, I'll, I'll do this. Let me just read it. Uh, verse So John 15, uh, verse 1. I am the true vine, and, the, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You already, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So Jesus is, is making it very clear that, that if you want to walk the walk into the life and into your purpose that Jesus has set for you, that you were created for, that the only way that you can truly do that is by abiding in him, walking through him with him every day of your life, every decision you make, focusing constantly on him. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not bite in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Now, we could we could dig into that all day long and really break that down, but, but what I want us to focus on as we're coming to an end is that the number one goal in, in a Christian's life is to stay connected to the Father, not by your works, not by how good you are, not by <clears throat> how well you succeed. No, you stay connected to the Father by keeping Him close, choosing to follow Him, choosing to worship Him, choosing to praise Him every day of your life and every decision. And when we do that, we are brought into the family of God, into the kingdom of God, and we're connected just like that vine, we're connected to the Father, and we know that no matter what comes our way, no matter what we're facing, what we're going through, that He loves us and that He'll never forsake us. And even if when we pray and when we're connected and we're and we're just flowing with Jesus and walking with Him and abiding in Him, our desires becomes things of God. And when you have desires of things of God and you begin to pray for things of God, that's when He answers those prayers. He lets us know that we are part of him and have been brought out of a hopeless world, and he expects us to bear fruit. 
Now, we're, we're just bearing fruit because we're connected. If you're connected, you will bear fruit. Verse 8, by this, my Father is glorified. Remember, that's our number one reason we're here is to bring God glory, that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. He says, verse 9, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. So as believers, we're walking this out every day, knowing of an eternal home that we have waiting for us. And then when we breathe our last breath, we will be in the presence of the uh, of the Lord. But we also know that we have a purpose on earth as we live, and that is to bear fruit that brings glory to the kingdom of God. One of the ways we uh, bring glory to, the, to, to God and to our Father is in verse 12, and it's the relationship of believers to each other. So how we treat our brothers and sisters in Christ. And Jesus says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no more than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do whatever I command you, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Still, we step into the the kingdom of God. We step into the family of God, and, and he makes it clear. I want you to love one another. I want you to build relationships with one another, not just people that you go to church with, not the people that are closest to you, but if you have a brother or sister across the world, then we have a commonality of we believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world and that he is our Lord. And when we do that, that unites us together as one family. And then we get to the struggle uh, of living in a place to where uh, this isn't our home and we know that, and we're interacting with people that either, A, don't know Jesus, haven't heard of Jesus, a lot of times have, have heard it and just rejected the message of Jesus Christ. And, and today, at the end of uh, this season of What Does God Want?, and this is where we begin to talk about that God, every, He wants the lost. God wants people to choose Him freely and to worship him and to choose to follow him and and as believers we know that and and that's part of of our fruit is sharing the gospel and it is to to live a life worthy uh, of our calling to show people uh, the difference that that jesus working in our life and the, through the power of the holy spirit is making in our lives but it's it's tough and because we have relationships in with people in the world and sometimes I think we we struggle with because anytime you bring Je- you're going to get two responses when you bring Jesus up. Either you're going to have a brother and sister in Christ who has accepted Jesus, or you have someone that isn't sure about Jesus, or they just completely reject Jesus. No, no matter the, the the situation, if if you're not if if the person you're talking to and the person you're relating to and the person you're trying to do business with, the person you're trying to do whatever in this life with, if they aren't a brother and sister in Christ, then there's going to be a tension sooner or later between what you believe and what they believe. That's why Jesus is just so confrontational, because he forces a decision between the lost and the righteous. 
It's that simple. And so we look at verse 18, and this is the meat of it, of how do we interact with a world where we know that God wants the lost to come to him. But if you've lived here very long, you know that that people simply reject the truth. And listen to this verbiage of how strong this is. Verse 18, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of this world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the world that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now that they have no excuse of their sin, that, that um, Jesus brings a defining line where people are, are face-to-face with the understanding and the choice to believe that they, no matter what they do, they will never be good enough to receive. Being a good person doesn't count. You have to have a Savior because you're living to a standard that you cannot. There's no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my Father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my Father. But this happened that the word might be fulfilled which is written in the law. They hated me without a cost. And this, this I want to touch on just a, a couple points Hopefully, super practical and um, stuff. Even I, you know, I folk, I, I struggle with, or, or I'm gonna say struggle. I'm faced with, and and sometimes it, it's frustrating. But we've been warned. We shouldn't. Number one, be surprised when the world rejects us. I think in America, in like I said, in my context in the South, growing up, that. I think Jesus was so widely accepted. And, and look, there's a lot of traditions and things that got put in place that, that I don't agree with. It's bad, that stuff. But a lot of people chose Jesus. Now, you know, in, in this time, day and age, we see a lot of people moving in, a lot of people have different beliefs, and you begin to see the re- just flat-out rejection of Jesus. And it's tough because you know that ultimately those people, their eternity lies in that decision if jesus isn't the lord of your life and you haven't chosen him then you when you die you will go to hell and that is very difficult when you know the truth and you've accepted jesus and you've seen what he can do in your life and as i know it is crazy as it sounds you see what god's righteousness when it's put on you through the acceptance of jesus the gift of salvation it changes everything and when you begin to to live according to his principles and to his truths, you, you you begin to see peace and joy. And then all of a sudden there's tension. And I would say this, if you're going through life and you, and you, and you identify as a Christian and you say that look, Jesus is the Lord in your life, if you don't have some sort of tension between you and the world, what you watch, what you hear, if, if you're not experiencing tension right now, then, then I would ask a very important question, or I would even say this, make sure you check up on yourself because the world hates you. The world system hates you because the you claim Jesus. If if there's no tension between you and the world, 
then make sure you're not in love with the world. Because verse 19 says, if you are of the world, the world loves its own. Yet because you are not of the world, I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. Now, there's practical moments, you know, in, in, in our lives where, and I was maybe using work context and, and things like that to where some, an event, something's going on at work and stuff and, and, and people are going out. And really the only reason you're not going out is because of your relationship with Jesus and you don't want to be in that environment. Oftentimes we make excuses. Oftentimes we hide. I personally want to do a better job of, of not hiding my faith, but yet explaining and boldly proclaiming my faith. I, I'm, I don't want to, and, I, and I'm seeing it. I, I want to be careful when I say this, because what we don't want to do is use the name of Jesus to purposely harm people. We don't. Jesus isn't just something in our argument bucket that we can pull out and smack somebody with. No, Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Jesus is is who we're following, and I don't want to hide that. And then when, when there's when there's something going on in the world, and there's something where I make a stand, I I want to make it clear, and I hope that you do that. The reason I'm making this stand isn't because we just want to do the right thing, or this is the moral thing, or this. No, I'm I'm making a stand because I follow Jesus. This goes for our closest family relationships, our, our friends. It goes to the, our workplaces and out into the world. What guides me, what prevents me, what leads me is the fact that I am a son of God and that I've chose Jesus and I'm following Jesus every day of my life despite of the world hating me. So I, I don't want to hide that fact, and I certainly don't want to apologize for it. We don't have to apologize for being Christians. We don't have to hide the fact that we're Christians. We don't have to have come up with some other excuse to say that we're not going to do something because it goes against our beliefs. No, you can stand in this country. You can stand on the fact that I'm not going to be a part of that. I'm not going to go there. I don't want to do that because... Not of my religious beliefs. I don't even want to say that. I want to say because of the way I believe Jesus teaches, because I follow Jesus, because I'm a disciple of Jesus, I'm going to make a stand and not go there. I'm not raising a scene. I'm not causing a fight. I'm just telling the world that, no, this line is drawn. I'm not going to step past that line, no matter what you offer, no matter what you entice me with, no matter what, this is what I'm doing, and I'm not ashamed of it, and I'm not hiding it. And so we boldly proclaim that the reason we push back and the reason that there's tension and the reason that we draw the line is because we're following Jesus. Now, here's the hard part. You feel really good after you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you and, and really just let that flow through you. And then the world has no problem rejecting you. At the end of the day, those people will walk right on out and do the thing that they were going to do without you. They'll be like, okay. And then they'll label you. And then they'll reject you. And they'll reject you. And they'll reject, reject you. You cannot, we cannot allow the world's rejection to get us down. We cannot allow the world's rejection to make us bitter. We cannot allow the world's rejection to make our hearts get hard and grow cold 
We, we have the truth, and we want those people to know Jesus and come to Jesus. Even if they reject us, you, you can't get your feelings hurt every three seconds. And that's why it's so important, brothers and sisters in Christ, to support each other, to love one another, to encourage one another. And, you know, if you need help, if you're compromising because you cannot handle the rejection of the world, then what you need is more Christian friends. You need brothers and sisters in Christ to come around you. Instead of going and participating and feeling sorry and then repenting and turning back and back this cycle back and forth, walk away, accept the rejection, and allow the family of God to come around you. But family of God, we got to make sure, especially for our young people, that if they don't have anywhere to go on a Friday night because they just pushed back and accepted the rejection of the world, then we have to wrap our arms around them. And, and, and not one person can do everything. This is individual relationships, strengthening one another, working with people to grow in the Lord. And all this is centered around, you know, our relationships with people ultimately bring them to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, the Holy Spirit does the work, but part of bearing our fruit is being a great witness to the lost and to the dying world. But what we cannot do is allow the world's reception of that message to, A, surprise us. So if they reject it, don't be surprised. Jesus told us that he would. Don't hide the fact that you're saved by grace, that you've been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. There's no reason to hide that. It's the country that we live in. We can boldly proclaim that, and no one can say anything against you that I am, I am saved because of Jesus Christ. You can say that anywhere. You have that freedom. Number three, don't let the world's rejection bring you down. Don't let the world's rejection stop you in your tracks. But shake it off and keep walking, keep being connected, and keep seeking the Lord. And I promise He'll be faithful. I want to leave you with this verse, and it comes from... Um, chapter 16 so we just kind of went through all of 15 and i just want to kind of end with this verse 16 or chapter 16 verse 1 these things i have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble they will put you out of the synagogues yes the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers god service and th- these things they will do to you because they have not known the father nor me but these things I have told you, that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning, because I was with you. So he's telling them, look, all this is coming. All this is coming against you. But you go to verse 26. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father and the, and the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify me. And you will also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. God doesn't just leave us to fight for ourselves. We have the Holy Spirit to, in those moments of rejection, to come and comfort us. We have the Holy Spirit in those moments to to help embolden us so that we don't hide our faith. We're, we're not the tail. We are the head. We, we know the truth. And I think it's time that we act like it in love and we truly love one another. That's what God wants from us. 
Will you pray with me? Father God, we love you. God, we thank you for always being with us. God, for being patient with us, God, as we grow. And God, we just ask you, Lord, just to touch us, God. Just help lead God and direct us, God, as we interact with a lost and dying world. That we wouldn't let the world affect us, but we would affect the world. And we just thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in today. Um, new series starting very soon. Jesus versus culture. It's going to be intense. See you next time. Thanks. Bye.